The memory of the righteous is a blessing. Proverbs 10.7 Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. On this Memorial Day weekend, I would like us to take the time to consider the significance of this holiday beyond our recreational travel and Memorial Weekend sales. Solemn ceremonies will be performed in as diverse locations as Arlington and other national cemeteries, city parks across America, and at the traditional opening of the Indianapolis 500 motor race. Each of them honors the dead in their own special way. All of them focus on remembering. Memorial Day, originally known as Decoration Day from the practice of decorating the graves of fallen soldiers, originated in the years following the Civil War to honor those soldiers who died in that conflict. It became a federal holiday in 1971 and now honors all the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. For many of us, it's also a time to honor and visit the graves of our lost loved ones, regardless of military service. The holiday still maintains a a patriotic observance to honor those who have given their lives. There is no more hollow ground where we honor our military dead than at Arlington National Cemetery. And in that cemetery, the most hallowed ground is the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which honors the unidentified Americans who died in war. Interred in the tomb are the unidentified remains of a soldier killed in World War I. Now, the purpose of the legislation establishing the gravesite was, I quote, to bring home the body of an unknown American warrior who in himself represents no section, creed, or race in the late war, and who typifies, moreover, the soul of America and the supreme sacrifice of her heroic dead. Like many people, I was deeply moved the first time I visited the tomb of the unknown soldier. Every hour of the day, every day of the year, a soldier of the Old Guard military unit marches 21 steps down the black mat behind the tomb, turns and faces east for 21 seconds, turns and faces north for 21 seconds, and then takes 21 steps back down the mat. Next, the guard executes a sharp shoulder-arms movement to place his or her weapon on the shoulder closest to the visitors, signifying that he or she stands between the tomb and any possible threat. The number 21 symbolizes the highest military honor that can be bestowed, the 21-gun salute. The day I visited the tomb, the 24 notes of taps could be heard riding on the wind being played at a distant funeral, an almost daily occurrence. Every half hour, the ritual is punctuated by the changing of the guard ceremony. Today, there are additional unknowns who are buried at the gravesite representing World War II and the Korean War. A representative killed in the Vietnam War was buried there for a time, but was later reinterred elsewhere at the request of his family when DNA evidence identified the soldier. To date, all of the recovered remains from Vietnam have been identified. 
I had a hard time putting my finger on why visiting this particular tomb was so moving for me. I visited graves of many fallen heroes around the world, which did not present such a strong emotional impact for me. After all, we don't even know who's buried there. Great war heroes from all wars are honored and eulogized with great regularity. That's expected. But there is something uniquely poignant in standing at the burial spot of an anonymous soldier who otherwise would be laid to rest in obscurity, lost to history. Through our imagination, this soldier becomes less anonymous. In our minds, we give him a face and a story, a family. He was the father of his, that his kids never got to know. He was the boy who used to deliver my newspaper. It calls to mind the verse in America the Beautiful, which goes, O beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. The thousands of unknowns who gave their lives did not do it in search of fame or adulation. They gave their lives, not for themselves, but for their country, for you and me. For this they most certainly deserve to be remembered and honored. In honoring the one, we honor them all. Well, why is it so important that we remember and honor the dead anyway? Well, first of all, they have earned our honor and respect. It is quite literally the least we can do. Just as they gave their lives without expecting any glorification in return, we should celebrate their lives without requiring any justification. They have done their duty. They have entered eternal life. They have earned their heavenly reward. But now it's time for us to do our duty. In our hearts, we know it's the right thing to do. There's a poem that I read every Memorial Day in Flanders Field by John McCrae. McCrae was a Canadian Army doctor during World War I when his close friend, Lieutenant Alex Helmer, was killed by a mustard gas attack. In the absence of a chaplain, McCrae performed the funeral service, which inspired him to write this poem. In Flanders Fields the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you from hailing hands, failing hands we throw the torch, to be yours held it on high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. We remember, and we carry on, so that the dead may sleep. There is a type of immortality that is achieved for them in our memories. Many of us are fortunate enough to have never lost a family member or even a close friend in war. But look around you. There are many who are not so fortunate, and you may not know who they are. When they witness you removing your hat, 
placing your hand over your heart while you sing America or the Star Spangled Banner, you are honoring them as well. They can see that the one they loved did not die in vain. When we honor the lost, we console those left behind. Despite our obligation to the dead, our remembering is also for our own benefit. When planning funerals, I often hear family members say, the funeral is for the living, not for the dead. And there's some truth in that. And it does not diminish the importance of memorializing those we have loved. As Proverbs 10:7 says, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. Think back on the last time you attended a funeral gathering. As people gather to visit with one another, the stories start to flow. Do you remember the time Uncle Don got so excited when he hooked a fish that he fell out of the boat? Or, I'll never forget Grandma's banana cream pies. And as the stories flow, we look back at old pictures together and laughter erupts among the tears. Even the sharing sad memories, there can be healing of old wounds and closure. The memory of those who have died are concrete blessings. That may be the reason that Hollywood has made such a rich history of war movies. The stories told in the movies like Glory, Saving Private Ryan, All Quiet on the Western Front, Dunkirk, Platoon, and Black Hawk Down do more than entertain. They help us to remember in a graphic way what our soldiers experience when they lift risk their lives for our country. So this weekend, as you attend a Memorial Day celebration or listen to the invocation at the beginning of the Indy 500, think about how you are blessed by this remembering. There's also an important educational side to Memorial Day. American philosopher George Santayana said famously, those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Those words, unfortunately, have been proven true over and over again. Today, we have no living veterans of the Civil War. The last American veteran of World War I died in 2012. The ranks of World War II vets are quickly passing into history, and the men and women who served in Vietnam are showing their age. We have to repeat their stories and keep them alive through our rituals, such as we practiced this weekend. Most of the veterans who come back from war are reluctant to share their memories. They don't want to have to relive what they saw and what they were sometimes forced to do. And when they do speak, one message comes through loud and clear. War is hell. Like the 1960s song by Edward Starr said, War, what is it good for? War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Memorial Day and other patriotic occasions do not celebrate war. They despise it. And even though those soldiers who carry the horrible burdens of war in their hearts cannot speak, we can speak for them. We can proclaim for them the hope stated in Isaiah. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And he hath judged between the nations, and hath given them a decision to many peoples, 
and they have beat their plows into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation doth not live up, lift up sword unto nation, nor do they learn any more war. There can be a negative side to memorializing war, and that's when it's used to perpetuate anger and hatred. The slogan, Remember the Maine, was used to create enthusiasm for the Spanish-American War. The battleship Maine was sunk in Havana, Cuba in 1898, with over half of her crew perishing. Hostilities soon erupted between Spain and America because America claimed the right to prevent European involvement in the Americas. The slogan, Remember the Maine, was often followed with, To Hell with Spain. Unfortunately, there's a growing consensus among historians that the explosion on the Maine was probably accidental. We must observe caution when we remember the Alamo, remember the Maine, remember the Lusitania, remember Pearl Harbor, or remember 9-11, that instead of learning a lesson about the senselessness of violence, that we may be fanning the flames of war. It is not important only that we learn from previous wars, but what we learn from it. Memorial Day celebrations are also an occasion for us to remind ourselves of our ultimate hope. When Jesus got together for his last supper with his disciples, he lifted up a cup of wine and said, When you drink this cup, remember me. He then broke a loaf of bread and said, When you eat this bread, remember me. He was telling them to remember him, to memorialize him in the future. In the church, that's done in Holy Communion. In the bread and wine, we remember the suffering death of Jesus Christ. But this is not a meal of despair. It's a reason for hope. The disciples did know it at the time of Jesus' death, but he would be raised from the dead. So when in the future they would remember that final meal, they would realize that it was not a final goodbye after all. Death was not the end of the story. It was really the beginning. When we honor the graves of our military heroes, when we visit the graves of our own ancestors, we remember that their lives have not ended. Their lives in eternity have only begun. We pray for those who died at war as they were sown as seeds for peace, that they will be rewarded in the final harvest of the kingdom of God. We also hold out the hope that we will be reunited with those we love. One final thought comes to me this year. I am struck at what an inclusive time this is. An inclusive time that demonstrates the true greatness of our country. In the past, I, like probably most of us, have tended to think of those who have lost their lives in terms of the old Civil War tune, When Johnny Comes Marching Home. It is not just young white boys who fought and gave their lives. Those who died were men and women. They are Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, African Americans. They are Christians, Muslims, Jews, and atheists. They are straight, gay, and trans transgender. Death does not discriminate. 
They are the black buffalo soldiers of the Civil War, the Tuskegee Airmen of World War II, and Muslim-American Humayun Khan, who gave his life in Iraq. They are all living examples of the ideals they fought for. I end with this reminder, now out of an attempt to political correctness. I do it because at this time, when some seek to divide America along so many lines, we remember that we are one. We are Americans. We are children of God. Remember that unknown soldier at Arlington, an unknown American warrior who in himself represents no section, creed, or race in the late war, and who typifies moreover the soul of America and the supreme sacrifice of her heroic dead. This weekend, when we remember the unknown, we remember them all.